starting with my story, um, just kind of start off from like just the basis of just I was born into a big family. I come um, come from a very godly Christian home. Very thankful for my parents. There were six kids in my family. There was three boys, three girls. Um, I was second. Um, I was. It's funny. I look back. I'm like I probably sound like one of these like weirdo families. Like we were homeschooled. I didn't go to school till seventh grade. Um, but I just I can reflect back on my childhood. I had a very good childhood. Um, I could, if you were to wake up at any, early in the morning, like four in the morning, at any point when I was growing up, I could walk in to where my dad's office would have been, and I would have seen him on his knees every single morning praying over every one of his kids, or he would have the Word of God open, and he would be reading it. That was my father. He was a man of God. He walked with God. He still walks with God. I am so thankful for him. But, um, so I, I know not everybody has that, has that as their father, but I was very thankful that my earthly father just points to my heavenly father and is a representation on this earth of what I believe um, is just a small aspect of who, how great our heavenly father is. Um, so that was my childhood. I had a mom who prayed over us. She still to this day sends scriptures to her kids. If God speaks something to her, she's like, God told me to send this to you. And she sends out text messages and verses. Like, that's just what I grew up in. Um, I came to know Christ at a very early age, and I was seven. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and I knew that I had to say, I believe in Jesus as my Savior. Like, I knew that. I remember that so just vividly. Um, and God, I felt His Holy Spirit from that point on. Um, I can remember to the point that I was seven when I um, truly put my faith in Jesus. And I can remember being in the Burger King ball kit, ball kit, with like playing and witnessing to other kids in the ball kit. Like I remember that being like, you need to know who Jesus is. Like you need to know. Um, had a friend that her dad, um, her dad worked, worked, did some work for my for my father, and she spent the night with me. And I can remember telling her all about Jesus. And she actually accepted Christ. Um, and then she went home and she told her father. And then her father called my dad and said. My daughter will never see your daughter again because of what she told my daughter about Christ. So I lost a friend at that. I experienced that early on because um, I was so confused. I was like, why would somebody do that? You know, uh, because I knew what Christ had done and I already felt his power at seven years old. Um, so with that said, um, speed through my life. Um, and if you would have asked me like five years ago, Shelly, what do you struggle with? And, you know, you hear all these testimonies of brokenness and you hear all this stuff. I really would have said I, it would have been hard for me to come up with words to say, oh, I struggle with this, I struggle with that. Um, but <laughs> um, about three years ago, um, we were sitting in the living room, kids were in bed, and me and Josh were talking about church planning and realizing that this is what God was calling our family to we knew that God was calling us to for Josh to quit his full-time job at the church we were at and step out in faith and um, to plant a church. We didn't know all the details, obviously. We didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, but I can remember just sitting on our little love seat in our living room and crying and praying and surrendering our life to that for Christ and what he had called us to. So that happened. And exactly two weeks later, my world was completely torn apart. Um, and over something very simple, one of my um, kids got
gross me out. But this simple thing that medicine treated, um, God allowed, he allowed the enemy to come in and sift me and attack me in a way that I've never been attacked. Um, And so this happens, and all of a sudden, I am a control freak, and I felt completely out of control. I felt my home was dirty. I didn't want to touch my kids. And at that point, two weeks after we, we knew God had called us to church planning, I could not pray. I couldn't talk about church planning. I was completely paralyzed. Um, it was like that whole conversation had to stop. I was like, I can't function. I can't function. And I began to feel the attack of the enemy like I have never felt in my life. Um, I, I lost like six pounds in two weeks. I couldn't eat. Um, I couldn't sleep. The amount of anxiety and the amount of depression that I started feeling over this parasite that my, one of my kids got, um, I just, the feeling of uncleanliness overwhelmed me. So through God's just divine intervention, um, the week that happened, I ran into a friend that was a counselor, and I talked to her, and she's like, Shelly, did something traumatic happen to you when you were a little kid? Like, the way you're responding, this is not a big deal, but you're responding in a way that, like, have you had trauma? And I'm like, no, I have never had any kind of trauma. I've never had anything happen to me. Um, I don't know why I'm acting this way. I'm just, I, I, I can't function. Um, and she's like, I really think that you need to go see a counselor. And I'm like, okay, you know. She's like, and the person I want you to see He's not taking anybody, but he would be awesome. But I don't, I'll try to get you with this other person. Well, that was a Sunday. And then Monday, she was in her office. And this person that she said she wanted to get me in, but he didn't take anybody, just happened to show up at her counseling clinic. And she shared my story. And he was like, yeah, I'll see her. I'll see her. I'm like, so she called me. She's like, you're not going to believe this. Like, Dennis is going to get to see you. He, he wants to see you. He wants to meet you. So I go, and I start this journey of counseling. Um, and I met with him, and I can remember the first the first day I met with him, and I just I lost it and again, feeling this anxiety, feeling this um, just a, just depression. And let me back up just a little bit. Um, the warfare, like I said, when we surrendered to church plant, I feel like the warfare then just completely got magnified on our family and our home. Um, this is probably just the week before I went and started meeting with with Dennis. Um, I sat on the couch, and I can remember telling Josh, I said, Josh, I feel like something is holding me, like it has its claws in me, like I feel it. I said, I can't breathe. I can't pray right now. I don't have the emotional. I can't. I feel, it's so heavy on me, and I feel like, I remember thinking, I just felt like I felt this, like, thing on my chest, like, grabbing me and completely paralyzing me and shutting me down um, in my spiritual walk. Um, and I was like, and I feel it. And I was like, I can't, I can't pray anymore. And at that point, my husband came to me, and he he held me as I'm bawling, and he begins to pray over me. Um, and I can remember him praying, um, God, we know that you're a good, good father. And I can remember stopping him, and I said, I just heard the enemy tell me, no, he's not, because if he was a good father, would he allow you to feel this way? And it was like, as he would pray true, I would hear the enemy completely contradict everything he said. Knowing that I knew it was truth, I'm like, but this, I'm hearing it. I'm hearing the enemy. He's that close. I can hear his voice. 
And every truth that he spoke in Scripture, the enemy would say, no, he's, he's not that good. You would not be suffering like you are. You would not be having the anxiety that you're having. You would not feel the pain that you have if he was such a good, good father. He's really not that good, Shelly. He's really not. And I'm like, I know that was a lie, but I was having to wrestle with, do I believe that lie? Even though I know, you know, what do I believe is truth? Um, and then, in that same that same night, um, <laughs> hearing all these different, like, as soon as he would pray truth, I would hear the complete opposite. Um, I heard the very subtle whisper of my Savior. And he said, my sheep know my voice, Shelly. He said, my sheep know my voice. From John 10. And he and it was so, so gentle, so kind, like your father would say, not condemning. The other voice was condemning everything that I would hear. Um, and this voice is just, my sheep know my voice. You know that's not my voice. Like, you know that's not. Um, at this point um, in that week, that prefaces, I was not suicidal, but I was having suicidal thoughts. Um, I would be driving, and I would I would hear the enemy say, Shelly, you are going to feel this way. You're not going to be able to breathe. You're going to feel this burden until you are dead. You will never be free of this. You will not be a good mother because you can't function right now. I could not function. I could not be a mother. I could not be a wife. I had no, I was just completely oppressed. And he was like, you're going to go on living the rest of your life feeling this way. So if you want to be free of it, you can drive your car off that road right now and you can kill yourself. Like, I heard that. And I, re- I knew that was the end of me. So like I said, I'm very <laughs> careful with sharing that. But I recognize that. And I can remember pulling over into a parking lot and just bawling my eyes out and just crying out to Christ, help me to hear your voice. Because this other voice is so loud. Um, so this is, this, is, <laughs> this, is the, this is the warfare that I was going through. Um, I remember just feeling like I was being attacked on every single angle, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Um, and I can remember, this is after that, that night that Josh started reading John 10 over me about the, the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. Um, and the sheep, he tries to take the sheep, but the sheep will not follow because they know that's not their, their shepherd. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. Um, and I knew whose I was. I knew I was a child of God, and I knew my father's voice. Um, but I was just like, God, why are you allowing the enemy to come in? And I can remember being like, God, why? Where are you at? Where are you at? I feel this. I feel arrows hitting me from every side. Where are you at, God? You said you will never leave me nor forsake me. Where are you at? And I just remember being so burdened. And um, there, there's just a handful of moments in my walk with Christ throughout my life that I heard God speak in such a way that it was like I audibly heard it. Like, I audibly felt like I heard, I, I heard his voice so clearly. And I can remember asking him that, where are you at? And his response to me was, my child, I am fighting for you. You're not alone. He goes, you don't see it. I am standing before you. And he was, my child, I'm fighting for you. And I can remember, I can remember having that imaging of my, my shepherd standing in front of me. And all the wolves were coming from all the sides. And they were hitting him, which would bump into me, so I would feel it. But he was taking the blows. And he was before me. Um, And I can just remember, like, okay, I am not alone. He is fighting this war for me. And that's what Christ promises. 
um, it's just for whatever reason, I feel like for, at that point, um, I guess I would have been, I was like 33. I don't know if it's not that I wasn't engaged in the war, the battle, um, but at that point, it's like I feel like my feet really got on the ground and the enemy was like, going to do everything he could to paralyze us and stop us from doing what we knew God was calling us to do. Um, and unfortunately, it was through me. <laughs> I was like, the attack came on me. Um, and I call that the pit of, just the pit. That was the lowest point in my life. I've never felt that depressed. I've never wrestled spiritually with the attacks that I was feeling. Um, but anyways, fast forward. So that was, this is what I was wrestling with. And then I started counseling. And then my counselor said the same thing. He was like, Shelly, has there, the way you're responding, like there has to be something traumatic that's happening. There, there has to be something. Like, you're, are you sure? And I'm like, no, I had a great childhood. I had a great home. I had great parents. No, nothing happened to me. I was like completely sheltered. <laughs> You know, um, went home that night. I was telling Josh that and we were watching TV, and then it was like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like a file cabinet opened, and he and it was as if God opened it up and He said, "Shelly, do you remember this? Do you remember when this happened to you when you were eight years old?" Um, and I'm like, oh, I hadn't thought about this in 25 something years. Lord, why are you bringing this up now? Like it's been completely, completely shut down. Like I've not had this in my I've been functioning fine. Why are you bringing these memories back now? And it's so funny because I didn't even remember it until God opened the file cabinet back up. Um, and so when I was eight or nine years old, um, there was family friends, and they had a teenage girl. And for whatever reason, Satan used her to prey upon me, and I was sexually abused by this female. I praise God. Part of me is like, I praise God it wasn't a male. Um, but completely manipulated, completely so much premeditation when I reflect back on what happened. Um, and it has taken two and a half years of counseling for me to be able to say that. Because <laughs> I still would argue with my counselor, I'm like, I was not sexually abused. That's not what I, I consider like a man raping a woman. Like, I consider that. And he was like, Shelly. <laughs> and it, it's still a little difficult for me, even though he knows the details of it. Um, And at that point, when you're so young, you can't verbalize what happened to you to your parents. Like, I remember I told them, um, and they completely cut that relationship off. But in my innocence, I didn't even know how to verbalize the things. Even as an adult now, like, my memories are, are back. And if you would ask me if what happened to me happened to my daughter when she was eight... I would say, yes, that was sexual abuse. Somebody took advantage of my child. She did not understand what was going on. But when it's yourself, you're like, eh, but you allowed it. <laughs> and so you really wrestled, really wrestled with a lot of that. So um, I was questioning my God, okay, so you're, my, my entire life I felt this need of perfection and being in control and having everything together and having my life together. And then it was like, my kid gets a parasite, and I feel completely out of control. I feel completely broken. I have anxiety like I've never had. And God was just really saying, you have no control over your life, but I do. And I want you to, I want you to start relying on my strength. Um, And I want you to see that we're going to deal with this, and you're going to deal with this now, and I'm going to show my glory through this. Um... 
but I, God began to show me my, very much my, my weakness, um, just my brokenness, my need for Him. Um, and that came through my anxiety that I, that I struggle with. Um, but I also learned through this season of the pit, and I say I'm not, I don't know if I'm ever going to be out of it. I'm a lot higher than I was. I was. I'm not at the lowest um, like I was almost three years ago. Um, but I can remember God started showing me how to engage in the battle. And he started showing me how to fight when the enemy attacks. Um, and I started seeing the power of the word of God like I've never seen. I began to, when the enemy would come in and say, don't tell your husband how you're struggling right now. Don't tell him that you're struggling with anxiety. He's going to think you're crazy. Everybody's going to think you're crazy. You're really crazy. Like, if they hear your brain, like, they would think you're crazy when you want to be your friend. I said, and I could start hearing, and the enemy would start attacking me like that. He would start saying things like, if you tell your husband, eventually your husband's not going to love you like you want him to love you. He's going to leave you, Shelly, because you're crazy. So stay silent. Don't tell your husband who... I'm one with and who can intercede for him. But don't tell him because he's going to think you're crazy and he's going to eventually leave you. He won't love you like he used to love you when he thought you had it all together and you were strong with your weak. You're so weak now, Shelly. And I would have to wrestle with that and I would have to and I remind myself like to realizing that that is an attack from the enemy and to go back and be like, away from me, this is from Psalm 6, away from me, you who are evil, because the Lord has heard my my cry. He has heard my prayer. And then I would start praying, greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. And I'm like, you have no power over me. You are saying these lies. You have no power. I am a child of the king. And he wins. And my competitiveness came in. It's funny, like, there's been so many moments when I feel like I've just engaged in battle and my competitive, just athletic side of myself is like, okay, that's fine. You can attack me at this point. And yes, I am broken. But my God wins. You have no power. You can do what you want, but you're going to lose. <laughs> In the end game, you lose. We win. I'm on the winning team. So do what you want. Um, and I would just continue to have to pray that. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, and I'd have just the, the, the attacks of the enemy on my mind. And I would just have to turn around. I'd have to open up the Word of God, and I'd have to start just praying the Scripture that God was giving me um, through that time. Um, so, like, scriptures like, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. Um, and I read John 10 a whole lot when I would feel those attacks coming in um, of the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and just like, Lord, help me to hear your voice. And I just fight for me and go before me. Um, learning how to engage in the battle, I started seeing the power of God. I could feel the oppression coming on. I could feel the, the enemy attacking me. And I could start praying that scripture. It wouldn't happen instantly, but all of a sudden I could feel it leave. And it would be gone. Um, and I started seeing the power of Christ like I'd never seen. Um, I started seeing him redeeming me from my anxiety. I know I will struggle probably with this till the day that I die. Um, but I would have never. It's so funny. Like, I can reflect back on my life realizing that I struggle with anxiety a whole lot. Um, and a lot of that stems from what happened to me as a kid and not realizing, not connecting that, not ever dealing with that. Um, and then, like I said, I don't know why he wanted to let me deal with it as an adult. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to figure that one out. It would be nice to have gone through and figured this out, you know, younger. But um, 
just having to just learn to depend upon him and knowing that it was nothing in my power that could fight this off, that it was only through the blood of Christ. And he always came through. He never failed me. He's never left me. Um, I am thankful for that darkest point in my life, and I pray that I never go through one that dark again. But um, at the same time, I would not take it back. Like, if I could not have it, I wouldn't. I would want it because I saw the power of God so strong through that. And I've seen him working so much through just my life and just, like I said, learning how to engage in the battle. We're all called to go out and make disciples. We're all called, um, and he says our war is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is going to be against the evil one who rules this earth. Um, and I began to really feel it. I began to really understand it. Um, and just having Christ allow me to be completely broken down um, but then to start seeing his redeeming power in my life and to start seeing him carry me through that. Um, and I always cling to that he's making all things new. He is constantly making me new. He is restoring me. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to be free of this till the day that I die, but I praise God for the power that I'm seeing in, in my life through him and how he has rescued me um, through that. Um, learning that there's nothing too big that Satan can throw at me that my Savior can't can't conquer and can't make flee. Um, over the last three years, like I said, I felt the presence of evil like I've never felt before. Um, but then I saw the presence of the Holy Spirit like I've never seen before counteract that. I mean, from instances of you know, being um, being in a Uber cab with, <laughs> with a driver, um, and he starts talking about his drugs of choice, of acid, and all this stuff. And I can remember like Josh is engaging in the conversation um, of the gospel with him, and I start praying. And in that case, I was like, "There is something in this cab. <clears throat> like I feel it." And I started praying, and I remember praying in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit would reveal truth to this man in the midst of praying in Jesus name as I said Jesus I felt something hit me in the throat to oppress me from praying for this man um, and, I'm, and I can remember at that moment I was like oh there's a demon in this car <laughs> um, because it completely tried to oppress me for praying over him um, and I was like I can't breathe but it's okay because greater is he who is in me. And in that moment, I reflect back, and I'm like, part of me is like, you know what, that could have really freaked me out. But it's really funny because you know who wins. And again, the one that's with me is stronger, and those demons have no power over me. I'm not theirs. I'm Christ. And I'm just covered with his blood. And I can remember praying over this man and just constantly praying. And at the same time, I was like, oh, just let us get there safely. But I'm going to pray in Jesus' name that you will reveal truth to this man that I know is completely consumed with demons. Um, and we were getting out of the car and we got there our thing and I opened the car and it was like I got out and I was like oh, I can breathe I can breathe I can breathe it's, you know I'm like and, but I remember getting an elder and he didn't have a clue what's going on because I just been doing all this silently and getting in there and I was like Josh did you not feel that did you not feel that <laughs> you know but it's like things like that there's been many instances like that of just being aware of the warfare around us and I truly believe that God has allowed me to go through that pit to go through the warfare that I've gone through so that I can begin to see our world through his eyes. Um, 
So when someone's wrestling with something, and, and I'm not saying that everything's like, oh, demons, everything bad that happens to you, that's what that is. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but just to be aware that God has called us to engage in the battle as believers. Um, and he's given us all the power to overcome everything that we face. Um, and so there's things like that that it's like I would have never seen had I not been God completely stripped me down and broken to have to completely 120% depend upon him because I couldn't get out of the pit. Um, but that's, that is my story. Um, I said, if you would have asked me five years ago, you know, what is your brokenness? What is your things that you struggle with? And I'd be like, I don't know. I've had a really good life. I don't really know. I didn't feel like I struggled with anything. Um, then for God to completely break you, allow you to be broken down and realizing that, oh, yeah, I really, my need for him is so, so strong. Um, but his love is so, so good. And I would have never seen that had I not walked through my pit, <laughs> the valley, um, where he never left me. Psalms 23 became very powerful. Even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And I would claim that too. Your rod and your staff, you comfort me. I will fear no evil. I, ha I have no, nothing to be afraid of. Even in the nights when I'd wake up being terrified and in a panic attack, I would have to go back and read Psalms 23. I have nothing to be afraid. They cannot hurt me. For I am yours. Um, that is my story. I'm going to quit talking since I'm talking with my hands and I know I do all that. Sorry. <laughs> and I did good. I didn't really cry. <laughs> Sorry. Cough in the microphone. Uh, I feel like I rambled. Sorry, guys. This is for Stephen's sake, not your sake. So. Um, <laughs> Questions, comments. I have a comment. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> um, I know we've had many a conversation about <laughs> depression and anxiety, mm -hmm. um, and I can so relate to a lot of the, the thoughts that you shared mm -hmm. and things that I myself mm -hmm. have not really shared with anyone like that wasn't my husband. Even like the impulse of like. Like being in your car and saying, just drive, just drive into the traffic. And in moments when the only reason that I didn't was because it might hurt somebody else. Um, and that was the kind of thing that I, growing up, learned how not to share with church people. Because the counsel that I would get was, you're not praying enough. You know, you, you gotta pray the right way. Or you just gotta have a little more faith and then God will take it all away. And and, you know, telling that to a teenager, um, I grew up thinking that not only was I insane, but my faith wasn't good enough. And um, and I haven't had, I mean, I could talk to my parents, I and mean, my dad's a therapist, but he's not necessarily, like, a Christian therapist. That's not really his style. Mm -hmm. And my mom is a great Christian woman, but she's never experienced the anxiety that, that mm -hmm. I've, I grew up with. And it wasn't until I came here that I had someone that I could talk to that could give me counsel and show me how to dive back into Christ when I knew it was true, but I just couldn't feel it. And so I want to thank you for sharing and, and thank you for 
just doing you. <laughs> it's funny that you said that because I think we've had this conversation of um, growing, growing up there were some things that for whatever reason the church does that. Like there's this, you should pray more. You, you wouldn't be struggling with that if your faith was strong. And I believe that same thing. And then I had to realize that was a lie from the pit of hell. Because Christ never said, we're not going to struggle. He never said, you're not going to walk through the pit. You read all through stinking Psalms, and you see David was depressed half of his life. Um, and he was like, God, where are you at? Where are you at? And then in like the next verse, he like, it's like he's busting out in Psalm, praising God for coming to his rescue. Um, but it was like he did this all through his life. And I'm like, God called him a man after his own heart. He called David. David is a man after my own heart. And I'm like, maybe I'm not as jacked up. We're just all jacked up. <laughs> you know, I don't have to have it perfect. And I feel like that's what Christ was showing me. He's like, you aren't, you're never going to be perfect. You strive, I've strove, strove so hard my whole life for perfection. Um, whether it be in sports, whether it be in academics, to have it all together, to follow the rules, black and white, just follow the rules, and I can be a good person. Um, while those are great, um, it was completely all on my strength and not realizing Christ was like, you are dependent upon me, you know. Um, and no, your struggles are not a reflection of your faith. It's the reflection of our broken world and your need for a Savior. Um, but he gives us the tools to fight, learning how to fight. So I feel like I've, I feel like I need like a, boxy. I mean, it's like learning how to fight in spiritual warfare here, you know. Um, but the fun thing is, like I said, you know you're on the winning team. Questions? Comments? <coughs> what all, like, kind of a role do you think the therapist you're talking about went to? Like, mm-hmm. how significant do you think that person was? Or, like, for instance, if mm-hmm. that hadn't have been available to you, like, do you think there's, like, another way you could have got to a point to where you're, like, learning to grow in, like, spiritual warfare and stuff? I don't doubt that there would have been another way. However, my connection with him was such a God-ordained thing that I just know that was a part of the journey that God had me on. And so it's really hard for me to kind of go back. I know that in God's great power that he could have got me there any way he chose um, he chose to use Dennis, um, who was actually a pastor, but he was also a licensed counselor, and he had a clinic in Pine Bluff and in Little Rock. Um, but he used Dennis in such a way um, to completely break me down. I, he made me cry so much. Um, I told him I had a love-hate relationship with him. Um, he used to, I had a panic attack in his office. I used to sit in the same chair, and then one week he came in, he said, I want you to sit on the couch. And y'all, I had a panic attack because he made me sit on the couch just because he changed. I wanted, I wanted to be in control. I'm always, and so I'm like, you're telling me I can't sit in the chair. I want to sit in. <laughs> Something as simple as that, like completely, like I can remember, like I started shaking, and I'm like, I don't know why sitting in a different chair because you told me to. Um, you know, it just the control. I'm like, God's saying you have no control <laughs> over your life, but trying to control it. Um, but no, Dennis played a huge. Um, element of just revealing to me just even in our ourselves that we are mind body and soul and while there are chemical things even on the medicinal side of anxiety and depression there you address that and then you also are you're addressing that there's a spiritual side and so he recognized that and he helped even open my eyes even more to just the spiritual warfare and attacking it on every angle 
Um, and I just, yeah, I'm very, very thankful for that journey. And he, Josh came in multiple times with us to, you know, but um, that was just the avenue that God used to make me go through the the trauma that had happened and realizing that was a big, a big component in um, the enemy trying to still kill and destroy my life um, and using it to completely paralyze me. And I didn't realize it was having the weight that it did until a few years ago. It was, from my perspective, it was really nice having somebody like Dennis a part of our journey. Um, as a pastor, I help counsel a lot of people from um, from a biblical view, from a faith-based view, but I'm, I'm very limited on my understanding of how the brain works as well. And somebody like him has the same biblical, spiritual view that I have, but he also has an understanding of the physical way that God created us. And I don't think those two are separate. I think that I mean, obviously, if we are created in the image of God, who knows our physical side, our mental side, more than God himself. So those two things have worked really in unison, I think, the way they're supposed to. So as a husband, to have somebody investing in your wife's journey and, and ultimately you as a couple um, with a really, what I believe to be a healthy understanding of all things working together was, was really nice. Because I wouldn't have to undo anything that he said in a counseling session and say, well, have you considered that from a biblical view, though? Have you considered what God's Word says? It's like, no. What he says on a mental, physical side, he also says in unison with scriptural understanding. And it's really nice to have people in your life that, that can have that. That view. I don't know how many sessions I left where, I mean, he or he had brought in another woman and, I mean, they just laid hands over me and prayed over me, you know. And so, just like I said, just to have other believers fighting for you. Um, and that's what I also I realized is just like that night when I said that I felt like I had something on me um, and I couldn't pray and I couldn't, I, I was, I just, I couldn't, it was too heavy and it was too dark. Um, and Josh started praying for me and it was probably... Y'all, that, that night, he, he literally prayed two hours over me. Like, he did not leave my side, and he continued to either read scripture or pray over me for about two hours. Um, and it probably was not until about 45 minutes to an hour into him praying over me that all of a sudden I felt it leave. I mean, it was like an instant where it's just like, it just let go. And that was through him praying over me. That wasn't me. And so just learning even the power of others interceding for you when you can't. We are the body of Christ. Um, and as a believer, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And Scripture says that um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the exact same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So then I'm like, there is nothing that I'm going to face that is going to require more power than to raise somebody from the dead. Like, that would require a crazy, stupid amount of power. <laughs> and he says that you have that same amount of power in you. Um, but it's just learning to allow the body of Christ to pray over you and intercede for you and realizing that we're all broken and we all have struggles, but that um, greater is he who's in you than he's in this world. Um, but I was going to ask, too, uh, you mentioned, like, the Holy Spirit showed you the link between, you know, like a traumatic event in your past and what was going on. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you feel like 
there was like other instances of like you know damage from that traumatic event happening because you know you said that was when you were what five or six and that wasn't until you were 30 I was about eight yeah I was okay. around eight so it was do you think there was like other instances of like that damage like manifesting your life in those yes because I can reply after like seeing you know kind of connecting all the dots for me and the way that my brain works um like I can reflect back on just growing up and um, yeah, realizing that I had I was struggling from anxiety from that point on, that that really became and and that's what I had to learn even through counseling was really that um, it's almost like I have PTSD and I have triggers um, and there's certain things that will um, will trigger me um, and I'll just completely like shut down and it's almost like I black out and. Um, and so I can reflect back on different instances as I grew up that I would have those moments, but I didn't know what they were. And I didn't know how to verbalize that. I can, re- I can remember going to a, uh, a um, my dad made all of his girls take a self-defense class. Um, and I was in high school. And I remember taking this self-defense class, and they had a cop come in. Um, and they made you lay down, and they made the cop get on top of you. Um, and in that moment, I had a PTSD moment. Um, and I can remember I got him off of me and I started punching his back. And I don't, like, I can remember blacking out and I remember feeling like this was real. Even though I was in a room with a bunch of people, I was like, this man is about to rape me. <laughs> and I just completely blacked out and it's like, it, it's like something just switched and it was real. And I remember throwing him off and I started hitting him in the back so hard that the teacher had to come and pull me off. And I got my butt chewed out so bad for hurting, for attacking this man. And I will never forget the cop's face because there was this compassion in his eyes. And I remember telling my counselor this, and he said, Shelly, I guarantee you he knew something happened to you because that was a complete, that was a 100% PTSD moment. And I said, I will never forget. There was just that he looked at me with, like, compassion, sympathetic eyes but never said anything. Um, and I'm like, huh, that's all making sense now as to why I blacked out. And I, like, completely went crazy And I'm like, I'm going to kill this man, (laughs) you know. Um, But I didn't know that at the time. But, I mean, I got so much trouble for that. I mean, my instructor chewed me up. Um, So, I mean, there's things like that that just learning that I didn't realize affected, um, affected, yeah, different different things. I was very guarded. I became a very guarded person. Um, I wouldn't, again, it's a trusting thing. I didn't trust people. always felt like I had to just be in control and I didn't want to get close to people because at that point then either they could hurt me or um, I found myself, like I said, I'm thankful for my family, like I was very clingy to my dad um, and yeah so I don't know, but yes I, I can see it through different areas of the way I responded to different things and the anxiety that I struggled with in high school and um, and stuff but just didn't connect the dots until now stuck out to me is God started fighting for you and then he taught you how to fight. It's almost instead of just catching fish for somebody to teach you how to fish. And I related to Zach instead of, maybe I've got a weird opinion on this, but 
when you go to those churches and you see some like some, the preacher knocks down the guy and then he starts getting up and does jack, jumping jacks. I'm like, come on, that's been doing jumping jacks the whole time. <laughs> but I, I think the journey with Zach, though, is God started the fight for Zach and gave him the hope, belief, started his body in the right direction. And so I don't expect Zach to be doing jumping jacks now, but I think instilling the belief in him that he can fight for himself and that he can get his body back the way it's supposed to be, I think that's the important thing. So I don't know where I'm going with that. Observing something. Yeah. 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 Y